iMessage is continually thought to be a really secure way to, to message. It's, it is end-to-end encrypted, which is a step up above a lot of other messaging apps. But this has been happening in recent years with these zero-click exploits, where, from my understanding, they're able to very sophisticated, it's NSO and other very, very sophisticated groups, they're able to penetrate the entire phone without the recipient actually clicking on any links. So what was really crazy about this hack was it's something to do with like 1990s compression technology for images. And it's really fascinating to read through the details, but I yet again am am just seeing these links and reminded of this problem that there's no way to be safe from from it being hacked or exploited, where they're able to completely take control of the phone. So if you have authenticator codes, if you have any crazy sensitive data, you are therefore breached. These are really sophisticated hackers, though, going after activists, journalists. So I think a lot of people see that news, and they just kind of shrug it off because they're not the Edward Snowdens of the world. They're just normal people. And so they maybe don't get as alarmed, but I feel they should be. Mike, what did you think about this this topic? I mean, it scares the hell out of me. It's kind of, you know, mirroring what you said. It makes you realize that, you know, no matter how hard you fight for your privacy and security, there's always like a nefarious actor on the other side trying just as hard to get into whatever you're trying to keep private. Um, the scariest part about it is like the zero clicks, like you were talking the 1990s algorithms for the scanning and photocopying, like from what I read, it looks like they're manipulating GIFs and like inserting these low compression PDFs that then take over the phone, which is super scary. Cause I feel like GIFs just came about over the last like five years. And these, you know, individual actors, not nation states, these individual companies uh, now have the capability to do things that, not really they shouldn't, but just in the past, they haven't been able to do. So it's just a scary turn in my eyes. Yeah, it's wild because usually you have to set up a a custom server, a point and control server, I think they called it. And so it's what was so different about this was that using this PDF loading, they were able to load a PDF based on some nefarious code in in an animated GIF, right? So some, some kind of crazy embedded GIF. So it was, really wild that they can now control that they don't need to set up that server they could control it and set it this uh, uh, virtual environment up from within the pdf on the phone itself so really crazy stuff but let's turn it over to you here and if you wanted to maybe introduce a topic yeah definitely so uh what i picked uh from the plethora of articles is uh U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren had a hearing on Wednesday with the Senate Banking, Housing, and Urban Affairs Committee, and she said that regulators need to clamp down on stable coins and decentralized finance platforms before it's too late. Um, she brought up, you know, a couple of different people that brought up that USDT, which is Tether, may not always be backed one-to-one. Warren brought up that, you know, only, Tether only has about 10% of the assets backing its coin as real dollars in the bank. Um, 
what really gets me about this article and just reading through, you know, the hearing is she basically just, in my eyes, seems like she's fear mongering. She brought up a bunch of, you know, decent points, but they're exaggerated and not wholly true. So, I mean, when she brought up, you know, Tether's not always backed one to one, that's 100% true. If you've, you know, been around crypto since 2016, 2017, you might remember Tether and Bitfinex got slapped around a bit um, because of their methods. And the Paradise Papers in 2017 actually showed that some of the same people controlled Bitfinex and Tether. So, you know, it was rather ripe for manipulation in the early days, but I feel like they got that figured out without having to take everything down. Um, one of her big quotes was scammers, cheats and swindlers mixing in among the part time investors and first time crypto traders. And in DeFi, someone can't even tell if they're dealing with a terrorist. And that's what to me is the fear mongering, because she's basically just saying stuff that, you know, our parents and grandparents are going to read in the newspaper as titles to articles. And that's all they're going to read and nothing more. And just have this, you know bad taste in their mouth whenever anyone brings up crypto or DeFi because someone they've been listening to for however long, you know, has a certain opinion. But um, I don't know. That's the fact that she was born in 1949 to say the world was a little different back then is, you know, an understatement. <laughs> so she knows yeah, what she's dude, doing. Okay. So, yeah, obviously this is just nonsensical. Like, there are some good points with the stablecoin potential there. I mean, if the, let's imagine for a moment that the U.S. economy became incredibly ingrained with the stablecoin ecosystem, then yeah, there's there's definitely risk to the overall health of the economy if these stablecoins aren't actually going to hold up in the long run. So if there's a, a asset right. mixture that's not healthy that is, is certainly a risk but then these comments about like that comment you brought up about the scammers and cheaters mixing in with the first time crypto traders i mean hey this is a market that we i mean i've gotten scammed i've done stupid things it's trial by fire and nobody in this market yep. is asking for hand-holding from people like her or handouts for when things go bad so like this is you know let's be treated like exactly. adults for a change where if we have a risk appetite we can go for it and try to level up in this world like there really aren't any other ways that that i think exists personally this is just opinion but um yeah so i mean there's some good there's there's a certainly a valid concern about the stable coin health but then these other comments about like mixing cheaters with newbies. I mean, yeah, if you're a newbie, it's buyer beware. So uh, I wanted to open up. What? Well, yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah. I was just gonna say, like, I mean, I know that we've talked in our crypto chemistry group before, you know, talking with friends and family who are real first-time crypto traders. If you don't know what you're doing, you're not going to really operate in one of these DeFi sites just because they're a little bit more technical. So like, it's a lot different than buying something off of Coinbase. So that just furthered my sentiments of her over accentuating her points to make a point that isn't true. But yeah, we can definitely open it. Well, yeah, up. yeah, that's a good question. And yeah, I would invite anyone to join um, the caller queue. 
you should be able to put the phone if you wanted to join and ask questions or just chat. Now, that comment you just made, Mike, about first time or new investors, I think my advice whenever onboarding someone into DeFi is just take $100, $200 and like deposit it in. Recognize that you might make a stupid mistake and lose that. That's mm-hmm. not going to be your, that's probably not going to be your home run hit. But just by learning how these swaps work, how these liquidity pools work, it will start to click fast. You'll start to understand what people are talking about and why people are excited. I mean, that's how I felt the first time I used Uniswap. I was like, whoa, I was a little wrong about this. Right. Yeah. And this so is different. Now we have Secret Swap. We have Sienna Swap. We have all, I mean, you can get real complicated pretty quick, but it's just really fun. Um, the technology that's coming up is, is super awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's not always fun when the markets are, are tanking, but like once you start to look at the technology, it's, it's really fun to play with. Well, all right. Um, I don't see anyone in the color queue, which is fine, but we have a uh, good conversation today. What's up on the rest of your agenda for the rest of the day, Mike? Definitely. Oh, you know, just uh, typical warehouse supervisor stuff. I got to get a bunch of stuff shipped out uh, for Christmas. But besides that, you know, get to go home, take care of the baby around two or three. Give the wife uh, a little break, but besides that, nothing much. What about you, brother? Have boy. Uh, well, I am quite busy today. So, just on a topic of messaging and security, we are doing a lot at the Alter Project, and so people can check us out. Mm-hmm. We're running on the Secret Network, and the URL is altermail dot live. So we're really trying to address these flaws mm. at Alter that we're, we're highlighting in this, uh, these conversations, right? So I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, but it's altermail.live, and people can try out our new product. We just launched a new UI yesterday or the day before, and Q1 is looking crazy. We have some really, really revolutionary product features on the roadmap, so it's going to be exciting. All right, man. I'll talk Love to you it. later. Love to hear it. Yep. Always.